in L and D, sometimes you'll deliver somebody, you got to get them upstairs, and then somebody else is rolling in labor. When do you get to sit down and finish charting for that patient that's flying away now to postpartum? You don't have time to do it. And they're they're like, where where's their prenatal records? Where's you know when you're you're like, I don't know. The the bitch just came in and pushed out a baby on the bed. I don't know. Like I, I don't even know her name. I mean, seriously. Oh, I gotta go. I've been working, told them please don't hit my phone. I'm in my zone, bruh, just leave me alone. Was on the road, but I swear I'm coming home. Now the drinks on me, I think we need a toast. See, I did it for me. Now my old friends calling, told them nothing's for free. Told me time is money, dog, swear I paid on my fees. I was starving for this day, now my family can eat. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Cup of Nurses show with your hosts, Peter and Matt here. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Happy Thanksgiving for those that are listening around this time. We really appreciate everyone that comes into the show numerously, day in, day out, listens to us. We appreciate the downloads. This is what motivates us and keeps on helping us produce this high-quality content. Some housekeeping for any show notes, anything related, announcements, cupofnurses.com there. Uh, we have some cool vlogs that are coming out as far as with travel nursing and everything that we're doing day to day. Um, some nursing debriefments talking about our day to day of how nursing is. So check those out. And for our conscious movement, we are frontlinewarriors.com. Uh, read up on some blog posts, and we're going to have some new things coming out there. And don't forget, we keep on working on this awesome travel app that's coming out soon pronto. Stay tuned for that. Announcements are coming soon. How you doing, Pete? Uh, I'm doing amazing, man. So today we have a very special guest. Her name is Jessica Seitz. Jessica Seitz is a labor and delivery nurse for the last 20 years. She's also a social media personality, as well as a big advocate and a voice for the whole nursing community. So on this episode, we talk about kind of the ways management has impacted nursing and how healthcare has changed over the years. Her personality dives in great into everything and explains the reality of how nursing is with management. So yeah. let's begin. All right, Jessica, thank you for so much for being here. Uh, can you give us a little bit about your nursing background? Or why did you become a nurse and what kind of nursing did you do? Okay, sure. Um, that's actually a kind of a funny question. So I became a nurse because um, I had to pick something. Um, when I was in uh, <laughs> when I was in college, you know, you start getting to that point at the end of your freshman year. And I'm like, I didn't know what I want. I mean, what I really wanted to be was like an actress or like on a soap opera or something. I mean, like that was like, that would have been my ultimate goal. Um, but you know, that, that stuff didn't pan out. So basically I was just like, let me pick something that I know is like, uh, I'm always going to have a job, you know, that it's like something that's, uh, reliable. So I was like, ah, okay, I'll go into nursing. Nursing sounds good. I'll pick that. Um, so I don't have like some really great, like heartfelt story as to why I picked nursing. It just kind of fell into it. Um, and, uh, went, uh, went to USF, which is in Tampa and, uh, got my BSN right away. A lot of people didn't do that. But back then I just, I didn't, this was a long time ago, people. I'm, I'm older here. Um, I graduated in 2000 um, with my BSN. And that's just the way that my college had it structured. So I just went straight through and um, it was a four-year program and got my BSN. And um, during my clinical rotations, I, uh, most of them, I was mortified. Like I, I was, I'm like, this is disgusting. Like, you know, I, I remember my first rotation was a, a respiratory floor and I just remember all the, the trachs and the suctioning and the, 
the mucus. And I, I was like, oh my God, I picked something wrong. This is not for me. Like I, I, I literally had a moment of panic, like, and I think a lot of nursing students go through that. Um, and it just so happened that my first rotation was something that I obviously, um, I, I could not see myself as a ICU or like respiratory uh, type floor nurse. Um, but it did get better. Um, and eventually, um, I remember going into my OB rotation. And I fell in love with it so much immediately the first day that um, I didn't actually see a delivery. Like I was following the nurse and the mom in labor. And by the time our day was over where we were supposed to leave, uh, my patient was like eight centimeters. And um, the nurse that was so amazing, I remember her, Christy, um, she turns to me and she says, if you if your instructor's okay and you want to stay, like you can stay later till she delivers. And I was like, yeah, like for the first time, like I really wanted to be in it, like doing something, you know, I didn't care that uh, I wasn't making money or I wasn't on the clock. I just, I wanted to see it. Like I wanted to, I, I already had bonded with the mom and, um, you know, back then I was like, oh, she's eight centimeters. She'll deliver in like an hour. No, I was there like an additional five hours. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. Before she actually got to complete and push and deliver her baby. But I was so moved. Um, I it moved me to tears, and I knew in that moment that that is that was what I wanted to do. That's what I wanted to be. Um, so I did um, at the very end of um, my last year of nursing school. You, you know, they sign you up in a preceptorship, and my first choice was um, labor and delivery. And I actually got my first pick, which was um, that same hospital that I had done my rotation at. Um, and, uh, they let me do my preceptorship there in nursing school. And, um, usually you don't get hired in L and D right away. Like, um, it's because it's such an, an, um, it's a big learning curve. Like you've got to go through like, uh, six to eight months of, you know, training and learning with somebody else. And, um, they just so happened that they were doing that that particular time, it just kind of all coincided that they were doing a preceptorship and they were allowing new grads and I got day shift. Like that was unheard of. Yeah. So it was like, it was all meant to be, it all kind of fell in line. And, um, I started there and stayed at the same hospital, um, 21 years and just, uh, left bedside nursing recently. So that's a whole nother story. Um, yes. but, uh, so that's it, L and L and D all the way. Yeah, for sure. Matt actually got floated to L and D uh, a couple of days ago because we're traveling here in Austin, and uh, they have they had like a low sensitive in ICU, so they floated us. I got floated to a postpartum, and then Matt got floated to labor and delivery. I'm not gonna lie, uh, being an ICU nurse and then going into L and D is completely different. Even looking at the the monitors, you don't see like normal sinus rhythm and just an ECG. You see like contractions and the fetal heart rate, and I'm looking at this and something's dipping i'm trying to interpret it so it's very fascinating what lnd does and it's almost like a icu setting in a different way it's like it's high acuity in, in a different yeah. sense and i was shocked and i see my first live birth by the way uh in the icu i don't cringe on things but when i seen that baby coming out i was like whoa <laughs> yeah it's something you'll never forget that's for sure like yeah. And then you you know it's either something you would love to do or you'd hate it. Like that's how people are with L and D. Like they're either like, oh god, that how does that come out of there? Right, it's like an alien, you know. But I I loved it, and I loved the um kind of an adrenaline junkie, you know, and I loved the how quickly and fast paced things can change, you know. 
um, not necessarily for bad versus good, which obviously can go bad, but just, you know, anticipating how the labor is going to go. And um, it's, it's just kind of one of those things you just kind of fall in love with. And, you know, learning that you're not just taking care of the mom, you're taking care of another patient at the same time, which is the baby, you know, I mean, the mom can be fine and the baby could be in distress, you know, so it's trying to uh, incorporate all of those different things. But so, yeah, I loved it for, for a long time until, until I didn't. So I was doing task nursing when I was there. So I was just helping out. Uh, but what is your day to day as like a labor and delivery nurse? Um, like how does the day flow? You mean like what, what are you? Okay. So typically you go in, you get, you know, your assignment and, um, it's usually a two patient max. Like that's, that's it. That's your load. Um, which would be like two laboring patients, which, um, in and of itself is very challenging. Um, the hospital that I worked at, um, is the second busiest hospital in Florida. So it was not like a, uh, low census type unit. I mean, it was very typical that we were full with 21 laboring patients all at the same time, plus running um, the OR with uh, C-sections and all of that uh, simultaneously, which, you know, we're in charge of being in there because uh, being there to take care of the baby when the baby's delivered. So um, typically you'd get two, um, but it's just trying to manage, like uh, the only way I can explain it is it's very difficult to go from you've got one mom that's like in labor and high acuity and you have to be one-on-one -on -one for a lot of the things that you do with these patients like uh, them getting their epidural or when it's time to start pushing or um and then you're you're trying to also navigate and make sure you're taking care of your other patient at the same time and then oftentimes you know the floor is just so busy that there's not really anybody to watch your other patient when you're trying to take care of this other one one-on-one -on -one, and you're ultimately responsible for making sure that this other patient's tracing doesn't go bad or that something bad doesn't happen to the baby or the mom doesn't need you for something so um i think in the future i think the standards they're trying to change the standards that um especially if a mom is on pitocin um which you don't if you don't know what pitocin is but that's you know where they uh, basically augment or induce the contractions um, with the synthetic, synthetic hormone of oxytocin. Um, is that common? Like, is that uh, like common, yeah. very common um, well, uh, for two reasons. One, a lot of women like to schedule their date. Like they don't want to wait until it just happens. Like, so oftentimes once a mom's 39 weeks plus, um, a mom will just say, Hey, I, if I'm favorable, I'd like to be induced, you know? Um, but second being a lot of times they come in in labor and um, the doctor wants to speed it up, you know, because they don't want to be there all day. So that's what you call an augmentation. So oftentimes the doc will just be like, add some, add some Pitocin to kind of get, you know, get things a little more regular. So I would say more times that not, at least at um, the facility where I was, it would be rare, like for somebody to not be on Pitocin. Um, and, and then of course you, I don't want to just say we do labor patients. We also get patients that come in that are preeclamptic that their blood pressures are through the roof. So basically anything that is, um, so we, we do have some ICU types of things like critical types of things where you're managing drips of um, magnesium sulfate um, to, you know, try to make sure that they don't end up seizing. Um, so it, we cover a variety of things, preterm labor, um, it, it, the list goes on and on. So basically if you're, you're pregnant, you're coming to us, even though it's labor and delivery, you know, a lot of times we have patients that are just pregnant that we're managing 
um, complications as well. So it just, it kind of depends. Some days you'll get a uh, two patient load of labors. Some days you'll get, uh, they assign you what we call high risk um, type of pregnant moms. I hope I'm explaining that okay. Um, but typical day, you don't get a lunch break. Um, if you're, you're lucky, if you do. Um, and then if you do inhale some food, they're calling you to come out because your patient just went complete and she, you know, so it's just, it's one of those, I'm sure a lot of other floors are like that too. Um, but it's just, it kind of a crazy unit. Yeah. It's intense. I remember from, from clinical when I was doing labor and delivery for one of my rotations, uh, first of all, it made me very thankful for being a guy because I, I did some live births and I was just happy to be a, a male during that time. And like, what are the biggest like difficulties? Like you said, it was like the pre, like the preeclampsia. Have you had like patient that went into like full blown like eclampsia? Is that something oh, that's yeah. common? Is it? Yeah. And how scary yeah, was that? Very scary. I've had patients roll in from EMS that are full blown um, seizing. And you know, when that happens, obviously um, the baby get, uh, becomes oxygen deprived because the mom is not, you know, breathing like she normally would. Um, and it's, it's a pretty critical situation. Like you, you know, you got to make a decision and see where, what the baby's heart rate is, is doing at that time and decide whether, uh, do we need to proceed to like emergently deliver this woman or do we have time to try to get her, you know, seizing to stop and get um, things under control. Um, but yeah, I've seen that many, many times and it, it is scary. It's very scary. Um, because when it goes bad, it goes really bad. And not only that, they can go into, um, their body, like it almost like starts shutting down when they get severely, um, preeclamptic or eclamptic, um, their platelets drop, like, and when I mean drop, like, uh, they're not coagulating, uh, at all. Their liver enzymes go through the roof. Um, some patients even go into DIC where they just start oozing blood from anywhere. Um, so when it, when it does go bad, it can go, um, really bad, unfortunately. Um, seen that way too many times. So docs try to catch it early. Um, you know, that's why they monitor their pressures and, and we're always asking them for signs and symptoms, you know, headaches and stuff like that. But sometimes, you know, people are just at home and they have no idea that they have it and they just start not feeling good, you know, and call, call 911. And then that's, that's what happens. And then they roll in like that. Um, but oftentimes that the, it's like playing a game because, um, when a lot of moms do develop this, they're still preterm, like a lot of them are 28 to 32 weeks gestation. So ideally you don't want to deliver the baby because that is the ultimate cure for preeclampsia is to get the baby out. Um, they think that it has something to do with maybe the way the placenta adhered for some fluke reason during that pregnancy that it causes your pressures to go up. But in all honesty, preeclampsia has not understood that well as to why it just happens in some people and not in others. Um, but it's just definitely something that it's like, okay, if we can get, you know, a few more weeks out of this mom and get the baby, you know, their lungs to mature a little bit more, um, that would be great. Um, but sometimes you just can't and you just got to kind of roll with it. And, you know, the mom, we got to keep the mom safe too. So how is the scenario with like um, postpartum hemorrhage? I know when I was looking on the crash card in L&D, I noticed there's a protocol that you guys have and it's just giving Cairo and platelets and you, you reassess, you draw labs, it's still bad, another three bags. And it's just like a protocol like that up to like nine. I noticed it just keeps on going. Yeah. Um, postpartum hemorrhage can be scary. Um, usually when, when it does start happening, luckily we can kind of catch it and, you know, do some things to, um, you know, get the blood vessels to clamp down. You know, we can, um, give different medications. There's, there's hemabate, there's uh side attack, like there's different things that we can give. A lot of times 
a big bolus of um, Pitocin will actually make the uterus clamp down. Um, you know, normally we give it in small drips when we're trying to get the uterus to contract, but after delivery, um, usually most moms get a bolus of pit, but um, it can help to just like quickly um, get that bleeding to slow down, uh, vigorous massaging of the uterus. Um, but oftentimes, sometimes we cannot get it under control. Sometimes there can be um, fragments kind of left over in the uterus that the doctor wasn't aware of, like something from the placenta or the bag um, is kind of in the uterus and hasn't, they can't get it out, whether it's kind of adhered in there. So the uterus isn't able to do what it's supposed to do and clamp down the right way. So bleeding will just occur. So a lot of times, you know, they, they'll rush them to do a DNC and see if they can figure out why this bleeding is occurring. Um, but sometimes they just can't get it to stop. And that's when um, it's, it's really scary. Unfortunately, I've seen um, only, I mean, in my experience, I've only seen uh, a couple moms that have actually lost their life from um, postpartum hemorrhage, but it, it, it can definitely happen. I mean, it's just sometimes no matter what, you just can't. And then those moms start to go into DIC too. And it's, you can't, you're just playing a game trying to keep up, you know, you're pushing in uh, blood and platelets and all this other kind of stuff. But um, it's sometimes it's just coming out faster, unfortunately, than, than we can keep up with it. And those are the ones that really stick with you. You know, you've got this beautiful new baby that's born um, and usually this dad or, you know, family around and it's this happy moment. And then all of a sudden, you know, usually the mom's like, I don't feel right, you know, and it, it's just, it starts going quickly. Um, so that's scary, but yeah, we, we definitely have a big protocol. Um, you know, you down to, you measure the amount of the EBL, you measure like the chucks pads, you measure everything to figure out like exactly how much blood loss they had. Because, you know, it's not like it's just pouring into a cup or something, you know, it's, it, it, unfortunately, it's kind of going everywhere. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't like those. Yeah, <laughs> I bet, I bet. That's wild. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. How are, how are like the personalities on the unit? Because like when you compare it to the ICU, you have a little bit more, um, more males in the ICU. Everyone's a little bit more stern. Everyone's very knowledgeable. How are nurses like in, in labor and delivery? Because we don't, we don't have that experience. Are they more chatty? Because I was at, at postpartum and I was in the nursery and it's a it's very, um uh not like, not politics going on, but everyone's like chatting. Like, there's a lot of tea, a lot of tea being tea, spilled. Yeah. yeah, a lot of tea, a lot of oh, gossiping. Yeah, there's a lot of chatting. There's a lot of bitchiness, cattiness. Uh, <laughs> people talking behind each other. It's, it's usually predominantly female. So you get, I mean, I don't want to be sexist here, but you get a bunch of females together. Okay. And you know, it, we all have a good time, but and then everybody starts to get on each other's nerves. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's just somebody will feel like somebody else isn't doing enough, you know, or they're lazy and they, you call out for help and they won't get up and help. And, you know, it's just, it, it's one thing after another. Um, I, I would say there's all different sorts of personalities. You know, you've got, you're some nurses that kind of keep to themselves. You've got your jokesters like me that won't shut up and is, you know, talking the whole time and uh, trying to entertain people or entertain myself because that's how I made it through my days working uh, 12 hour shifts in L&D was, you know, just doing anything goofy that I could to laugh. Um, but uh, yeah, you definitely uh, you've got your personalities, but I would say overall, it's always chatting. There's talking at the nurse's station, but um. Yes, spilling the tea. That's that. That's always going on. That's for sure. <laughs> what was like the most difficult part you could say about labor, labor and delivery? Or what part did you struggle with the most? 
or even some of that kind of put you off. administration mm, always yeah uh it really um administration and management i i wouldn't say i think labor and delivery in itself i i love it um but i feel like uh things have changed dramatically in in nursing in the last i mean i i want to say over the last like seven eight years i mean it's just progressively gotten worse and what i mean by that um is and you guys may understand this but i just feel like the focus as much as administration and things are, are saying it's all about patient care and taking care of patients i feel like the focus has been pulled away from the patients and it's more towards um legality and charting and um more policies and procedures which i'm not trying to say that those are bad things but um i just remember back in the day when you could do your job and like you took care of your patients and everything flowed and you did your thing you know and then it's like it was i i mean I, when i started out we were paper charting i mean this is a long time ago you know you had your clipboard and you did your checkoffs and you did your thing and you know and then while technology is great it is i mean obviously we are able now to pull up anybody's chart and everything flows and you can see where they've been in the hospital and their labs and everything are there. Um, it does gradually take a toll when they add on more and more and more and more. And then you find yourself, you've got a patient that's in pain and, and is laboring and you feel like you have your back to them almost the whole time because if you don't chart everything that they want you to chart, you're gonna get in trouble because they're auditing you. And um, you, you know, you've got to uh, check off everything and your admission database, it started out small and then it gets longer and it gets longer and they add on something else. And um, at, it's just the amount that they want you to do added on to just trying to be there for your patient. It, it's sad. It's like, it's taken, it's taken away. Um, it's taken away from being able to just connect with your patient. Um, and I, I feel, I don't know what, what has happened. It's just like, I used to be able to giggle and laugh at the nurse's station. It's funny that you mentioned that. Like if we did have a minute in downtime, that was okay. Now it's like, shh, you know, like it's always somebody, um, micromanaging or hovering or like, it's just, you know, as stressful as our jobs are, it's like, leave us alone a little bit, you know, like who cares if we're, we're sipping a diet Coke while we're charting or, you know, it, it, it's just over the top. I mean, it's the level of things that, and I'm sure in ICU or wherever, you know, you guys have worked, I'm sure that you can relate mm -hmm. to that. Um, but, but it gets to be where it's, that's, that's where I lost my luster for, um, bedside nursing is just, um, and then you go and complain. I remember this. This was many years back. I went to say, hey, nurses aren't happy. Like, you know, I'm I'm vocal, obviously. I talk a lot. Look, you guys haven't said anything this whole interview. I'm just, but, but you I are the guests. I went to the manager and I said, hey, I'm telling you, these girls here, we are not happy. You're going to start losing people. Like, it's it's weighing on us. Like, everybody is venting and complaining. And I was looked dead in the face and I was told, there's a million other people that would take your job in a minute. If you don't like it here, if you're not happy here, um, maybe this you're maybe you're outgrown this. Maybe you know you need to try something else, something different. Instead of saying, "What are we doing wrong? What? Why is everybody so unhappy? What can we do to make it better?" It was just like, and there were at the time. There's there was a million nurses wanting to come in and be an L and D nurse. You know, mm -hmm. 
but it was just like that lack of care, that lack of caring um, about your nurses. And it, it just turned into like, they wanted us to be these robots, like a robotic, just a uh, perfect being like that's infallible, you know, and you throw on more and more and more things on a nurse and computers and, you know, all these different things, people are going to make mistakes. I mean, it's impossible not to, you know, um, I, I, I've said we've turned into like target, like we're booping, everything's a boop, you know, like boop and scan, boop and scan, scan the bracelet, scan the bag, scan the meds, like, and half the time the scanner doesn't work. It's just like, it's, you know what I'm saying? You're like, oh, can I see your bracelet again? Excuse me. You guys know what I'm talking about, you know? Yeah. And it's like three o'clock in the morning and you're trying to, you know, position a patient's wrist so you can scan the wristband, you know, and it yeah. keeps beeping, yeah. I mean, it's 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 ridiculous. Or you're leaning over them to, to scan the, the bag of fluids or the, it's just, oh, oh and I, I don't know if you guys have this, but you have to scan the pumps now too. Like, so now you scan the pump so that the computer can program the pumps. Yeah. So it's like you got to scan the patient, scan the med, scan the bag, make sure that it all lined up and that it worked and uh, then run back to the computer to check the computer to make sure that you scanned it and it actually populates into the computer. Where are you looking at the patient anymore? Where? You're not. It's it's awful. It's I mean, it's really, really. Yeah, that that's true, because like majority of, of nurses that leave to do travel nursing, one of the main reasons why they leave is, is the management management side. And like you're right, like nursing and as healthcare, we've kind of shifted away from, you could say, patient-centered care. Because if you look at the nurses that are staying overtime, it's not because they had a bunch of patient care to do. It's because they have to stay here because they got to chart all the stuff that, that they just did. And nurses are staying overtime for an hour, hour and a half just because the charting, it just takes takes that long. And so it just takes that much effort. So you're stemming, you're kind of decreasing the amount of time you spend with the patient and increasing the amount of time you're spending charting. And when management comes by, they don't say, hey, do you need help turning? Do you need help with this, with, with that? They tell you, hey, make sure you chart on this, make sure you chart on that. Like you're, you're losing that, that that personal aspect of nursing and focusing more of the, the electronic base because if it's not charted, it's not done. Even um, even as nurses, I'm sure when you graduated school, it's all about holistic care. It's not only about the body, it's all the mental and spiritual. How do you have time to assess a patient's spiritual needs or maybe sit down and talk to them to see mentally what they're going yeah, through they want to just talk yeah you can't do any of yeah. that we have no time to talk with you mm -hmm. we, we got shit to do and yeah. to chart which is so sad because i feel like it creates more suffering for the nurse because not only just like you said our backs are turned we have to worry about management now the patient is also unsatisfied you also have doctors that are unsatisfied and crabby and it's like we're just taking the load of healthcare. people don't see it like yeah. that and if you have an unsatisfied patient you get low scores so who do they blame nurses so now, how do we get those scores up? Well, guess what? We'll add an extra step into doing this now. So guess what? Now you gotta now you gotta chart that. Hey, did you ask the patient this? Did you ask the patient that? And instead of you know wholeheartedly asking the patient, hey, are you you okay? Are you feeling good? Are you feeling depressed? Now it's like a requirement that we gotta that we gotta check off, and it just sounds robotic, and and you lose that personal aspect of it because you're doing it because you have to do it because it's in the system and we gotta put it in the system. And it's, yeah. it's always like that. Like every time at my old hospital in in, uh, in Illinois, when we got like bad satisfaction survey scores, it was always like, "Hey, what could we what could we create for these nurses to you know boost these these scores?" And they usually added like another another thing to chart, or they added some kind of a paperwork to do. And it, and it was never like really focused on the patient. It's more of like, 
what can we add to a, to a nurse's task task list so they could do certain things, which which was always like so weird. Instead of like telling nurses, hey, let's try to ask these patients how they're feeling so we could kind of buy with them a little bit more. They, they said, hey, you got to fill out this form instead, which was totally kind of like backwards. Because it's about the money. It boils down to the money. And the higher ups, uh, a lot of their salaries based on bonuses um, and meeting, meeting uh, numbers and meeting quotas. So, no, they don't care if, if the patient and you get to sit down and talk. Uh, they're not worried about that. That's not their ultimate goal. Their ultimate goal is whatever they have to do to get that number to where it needs to be. That That's their focus there. And um, turnover, quickly. Get them in, get them out. Get them in, get them out. Get somebody else in the bed. Let's go, let's go, let's go. You know, because it's like dollar, 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 dollar. And, and that's the other thing. Charting has become um, not just uh, from legality, but it's for gaining money. I mean, how how many times now do you have to chart on uh yes you've applied this monitor yes you you know you got to go to your task list and make sure that i mean back in the task list what kind of shit is that back in the day when having a damn task list it was just you did your thing and this unit secretary put in the charges you know i'm like whatever happened to that now now i got to do charges too and i've got to go in and figure out and make sure that i've checked this off or checked that off and i mean it's just like over the top and you know like you were saying earlier nurse may have to stay after her shift to chart well um in l d sometimes you'll deliver somebody you got to get them upstairs and then somebody else is rolling in labor when do you get to sit down and finish charting for that patient that's flying away now to postpartum you know and then the postpartum nurse is pissed off and she's calling because you didn't finish your admission database and all this and you're you don't have time to do it and they're they're like where where's their prenatal records where's you know when you're you're like, I don't know. The, the bitch just came in and pushed out a baby <laughs> on the bed. I don't know. Like, I, I don't even know her name. I mean, seriously, it's yeah. just there's everybody's always everybody's frustrated and everybody's mad at everybody. And it's just it's freaking ridiculous. It's just out of control. Yeah, it is. It is. And like management doesn't help. Like, it's always it's it's always like, yeah, management never understands. Even we have a travel nurse with us that's working with us. She used to work in management and she left it just because. Uh, just because when she was a nurse, like she understood nursing. And then when she went to management, she got into all this politics. She realized how management actually works. And she left management and went back to nursing because she wasn't feeling fulfilled or she, she wasn't yeah. liking the way that it's structured and the way it works. And it's just, it's just a sad time. And, and you mentioned turnover rate. Like that's crazy that your manager said that, Hey, there's a million other nurses like you that want this job. I will tell you that statement crushed me. It literally crushed like it crushed my soul like i had already been there 15 years i think um when i heard that statement from and she was a newer manager but it literally um i didn't i was not the same person that i used to be i was not my vibrant joking self i wasn't engaging with the other nurses like i had before i almost felt like um disposable defeated like I just, yes, disposable, a number. I didn't feel like anybody had my back. And I just, I remember day after day, I was quieter, quieter. I'm like, I'm just going to do my job. I'm just, you know, I'm just here. I'm just going to do my job, make my money, make sure I, you know, do all the shit that they want. Oh, on top of that, they were writing people up left and right for dumb crap. Like you clocked in a minute late um, and you, you have eight tardies. One hasn't dropped off yet, you know. Not to mention at the time my mother was dying of ovarian cancer. Okay. Um, so there's just, there's lack of empathy or, or, or caring anymore. That's what I'm saying. It's all just about numbers and, and 
checking things off. Nobody cared. I, I used to, back in the day, I'd be like, I'm sorry. I felt like shit this morning. I'm sorry. I'm five minutes late. And it was like, it just, and nobody cared. As long as you were there and you were doing your thing, it was fine. And it's turned into this whole nitpicky, like the, the more times we can write up a nurse, the better. I mean, it's almost like, are they getting bonuses for that? Like, are, are they making money off of making sure that all of their um, write-ups are done that, you know what I mean? Um, so I did, I turned into a sh this, this different person and I didn't like it anymore. Um, so after about a year or so, um, a position opened up um, in uh, like an outpatient testing department where um, you were just seeing moms that came in for NSTs, which is just non-stress tests. Like, so the mom would just like need a 30 minute non-stress test during, you know, her pregnancy to make sure that the baby was okay. You did vitals. And I ended up transferring to that. And, and, and I liked it because I was alone. I was in my own little room, my own little office. I didn't have management breathing down my throat all the time because nobody paid attention. I did my own thing. It was just outpatient stuff. And I did that for like the next um, five or six years um, until I, started doing what my passion was, which is social media and um, creating videos. And then uh, in the end, I was financially doing better on social media and and giving nursing funny content to nurses, which is what I've always wanted to do is make make people laugh. So I, I finally got to a point that I was just like, why am I staying in this? Like, what am I gaining from this anymore? Um, you know, I I'm just I, I'm I'm not happy with it. You know, like I, L and D was what I loved. I loved that adrenaline rush. And I felt like I'd been pushed into a, um, an office -y kind of position just because to get away from management that had defeated me. And, um, it made me sad. It made me sad, but I will say that I feel ever since I did leave, um, bedside nursing, I feel a huge relief. Like I don't, feel that overwhelming, um, stress and doom and gloom anymore. And that's, Kind of freeing and that's good and it's great because i feel like that's like with a lot of nurses they think that hey they got their bachelor's in nursing now they're going to be a nurse for the rest of their life and that's not like the mindset that people should have like if you got a nursing degree it doesn't matter that yet you got it and you don't, you don't have to be there forever you could leave bedside you could go outpatient you could leave outpatient you, you could leave nursing in general and you could pursue other things because all that knowledge that you've gained as a nurse through nursing school through experiences like that applies to daily life to every everyday life like you have a lot more knowledge than a typical person um, and you could basically take that experience and knowledge as a nurse and apply it to anything that, that you want to do the same way you, what, what you did you left bedside and you became the person that, that you are today yeah, and i feel like you know i'm still a nurse i mean obviously i'm still an rn and um i'm very transparent online and social media you know i i i've told people my story i've told them about leaving bedside nursing so um, when I've continued to post, um, you know, funny content for nurses to de-stress and laugh about stuff. And um, what I will say now, the, the nice part about this now is that now I don't have to toe the line so much. Um, when I still had my job in the hospital and I was doing social media, you know, you always worry about that backlash. Like, are you going to somehow slip up and say something as to where you work? Or um, are you going to um, make fun of administration in a way that then you could get in trouble at your job? And I felt like once I finally left that I could actually expose nursing for what it is right now and what is actually going on. Um, and I, I feel like 
that, if anything, is such an added benefit because you know how scared nurses are to uh, post things. Uh, and some of them do it and get in big trouble and either fired or, um, you know, written up or in big trouble. And I feel like I'm at least allowed to speak exactly about what's going on and not have to worry about um, somebody saying there's a social media policy or me getting in trouble. Um, but I do occasionally have those trolls. You know, there's always those trolls on social media that will say, well, you're not a nurse anymore. Like, you know, because they, and I'm like, mm, no, last time I checked, I, I still am. I actually am. I still I still have a license. I still keep up with my CEUs, you know, um, but I think a lot of people are there's almost there's always that little group of um, jealous or just mean people that, you know, they see that you're doing something different and you're yeah. enjoying it. And um, they they feel like they just have to make their dig like how can you relate anymore when you're sitting in your house or, you know, um, and all well, I can say to that is I try to brush those things off and I try to tell them, um, I respond the best way I can. And I say, listen, if 21 years of doing bedside nursing, isn't enough for me to make jokes and to help you guys laugh and, and have an understanding of the hell that everybody is going through, then I don't know what is, what, what is 25, 30 years? Would that be good? It's like, what, what do they need? But uh, I'm sure you guys know that there's always somebody that's going to have a negative comment. But I would say for the most part, 98% um, of people are amazing, you know, it's just they're, jealousy because great. yeah, because they see the way that you could took control of their life and they can't seem to figure out how to do that for themselves. So the best of them to do is put somebody down, you know, instead of like looking up to you and trying to figure out, hey, how did you become the person you are? How, did, how are you able to do that and not do bedside instead of asking those questions? You know, they give you nasty comments because they want to be where you where you are. They just can't be there. They're trapped. Yeah, yeah, I get that. A lot of people do. You know, I, I felt that way for for a very long time until I, I I just slowly started trying and figuring things out. I was just, you know, I didn't it's not like I knew how to do this when I started it. I mean, I I, I would like beat my head against a wall some days trying to figure out Facebook, social media, like, and how to actually get people to follow you on a page. Like it was, it's hard. It was hard work. And there's, I, who do you ask those questions to? It's not like, you know, somebody else that's doing this. Like it was just all learning and trying to figure it out myself. And it, I mean, it's, it was a long road. This has been three years now that I've been, um, that I've been at it, you know? So it's not like it just happened overnight you know um but not even, there's lots of things nurses can do they there some people are doing like um foot and nail assessments like on their patients that are diabetics they're doing their own travel type little things um there's people going into legal nursing like there's there's a lot of different options besides bedside nursing you know yeah going um, through going through nursing i think one of the key things that it gives us as people is we just figure shit out like you were able to to figure shit out with the social media, other nurses figure shit out because as nurses, our jobs is we get presented a patient with symptoms and signs and we got to figure shit out. Like, like the broken yeah, equipment sometimes. Like, like what's going on? Okay, they're they're hypotensive and tachycardic. Like what's going on? Maybe they're bleeding. We got we to gotta figure this shit out. And that's that's applicable to everything, everything in life. And that's creates why- Creates resilience. Yep, creates resilience. And that's why nurses, you know, they're very good entrepreneurs. They're very good at doing other things because- they're just good at figuring shit out. It's the way you figured out Facebook, you didn't go to school for it, you didn't take a class, you right. just did it and you figured it out. But when you were talking about the story about, you know, nursing, nurses are kind of scared to post certain things because they're kind of worried about people, what people are gonna think, what management is going to say. It's actually funny that you brought that up is because Matt and I, when we were working in a, in a Santa Monica, we were, we, were, we would like to mess around on unit two because it was 
it was uh we were nights nights there and we it was kind of lax and we like to you know make people laugh as well the same way you did so this one story is that we had matt's eyes were dry so we usually carry eye drops to work you know to prevent because we wear contacts and i sent him through a tube station uh eye drops taped to a pure wick you know, like the female external catheter. It's, it's like a joke, you know? It's, it's funny. I laughed. I posted it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, just so you know. Yeah, everyone thought it was funny. Yeah, everyone laughed. And then I guess somebody on, on day shift, he posted on Instagram as like a story just to lighten the mood. Um, and then somebody like on days or some other shift. Just wasn't having it. it. Yeah, just wasn't having it. Recorded it. Showed it to the manager like, hey, these guys are messing around on nights. This is what they're doing. And then we got a phone call from the manager saying that, hey, you know, if it wasn't a pandemic, we'd fire you guys for something like this. And yeah, see, God forbid you have fun. That's yeah. what I'm saying. You can't have fun anymore. Right. They've, it's taken, gonna... fun, they've taken fun away from nurses. And right. that, I mean, to to work a job, you know, most people, it's, it's, it's stressful. If you can't laugh and cut up a little bit while you're there, it, how are you going to survive? Like, I mean, it, it's like they've taken that away from everybody. You have to be careful of every little tiny thing. I mean, it's just... It's out of control. You you just can't even say anything. I mean, there's always a, that one nurse on the unit that's got to be a bitch like that. It's like, what do you care if I did this? I mean, it's not like y'all are dicking around all night. I mean, who cares if you laugh off you something off for two seconds and send a pure... I thought y'all were going to tell me they were accusing you of drugs because of putting drops in your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was waiting to hear. Oh, uh, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like, sorry, I have a personality, you know, it's like, sorry that I'm trying to, you know, just be myself at, at work, not not a robot that's in and out of these rooms, you know? Yeah, exactly. Oh, I, I mean, I've had so much catty stuff. You have no idea. I I, I could go on and on. I met, I actually met my husband while um, at work as a nurse. He's an OBGYN. Okay, so you can imagine the gossiping that, that began, then, oh, you know, oh. when an L&D nurse starts dating um, an eligible OBGYN. Um, I was called into the office every other day being accused of things that I was not doing. Um, at one point, somebody, uh, they called me in and said that I was seen licking his fingers at the nurse's station. I said, do you know where his fingers go when he's at work? Okay. Do you think that I would actually lick his fingers? Okay. And I said, and if I wanted to, I could do that after work. I don't need to do that here. It got to the point that it was so bad that I said, unless you have a nurse brought in here, not just hearsay, that can confront me or you have a recorded video of something, I do not want to be brought into this damn office one more time. I said, because you are calling me in on caddy gossip, you know, and I, it, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. It goes back to, to jealousy and nitpicking and micromanaging and all this hoopla. It was like, I had to be scared to even say hi to him at work because then it was seen that I was goofing off and I wasn't doing my job, you know, like even the unit that um, I worked at for L&D uh, nurse on nights got reported for burping. <laughs> so another nurse reported to the manager that this this nurse is burping in a nurse's station. Like, come on, you must not really you just might you just must not like her. Yeah, That's God, all for, it is. God forbid you fart and blame it on the patient, you know. <laughs> That's so I mean, wild. Seriously, like, I mean, she maybe she couldn't help it. Who cares? It's, it's freaking crazy. I, we Shoot. used to be, we used to be able to pull pranks on each other. We'd freaking uh, bring like those fart machines, like, you know, the ones that you could have in your hand that make the noises and we wait till somebody sat down and then like hit it, like, you know, and we used to be able to do that and have fun. Can you imagine doing that now? 
oh my god somebody would be offended or you'd get in trouble or yeah, or who sense. knows yeah, yeah. and then and then management comes and says hey we got to be more more of a cohesive unit and so you can't even smile at somebody because they might take that smile as a frown and you get you might get in trouble for it like how are you hey, supposed you to <laughs> yeah, should have sent it to every department, and then that would have been fair, right? Then, then maybe they would have been okay with it. Uh, yeah, it's it's wild. And like, like if you, if you can't be yourself on the unit, like you're never gonna be able to bond with somebody because then we're all just slaved in a way, like a like a bunch of robots. Like there's there's no atmosphere on, on the unit, and you could tell when there's no atmosphere on the unit because everything's just like stale and then stagnant. Yeah, and then, everybody's quiet. Right, and I hate that. I used to get floated to some of those floors, and yeah. I was just like. This is awful. Like the mm -hmm. clock didn't move. I was like, wait, is it still 11? Like, I'd be like, what, what is going on here? But yeah, same thing. Either that or they, they're afraid to get in trouble for talking at the nurses stations. And it's like their numbers are good anyways, because these nurses are scared to go above and beyond because they're going to try and go above and beyond. Somebody might look at it wrong and they'll get in trouble for doing extra. It's just like you, you lose like any kind of want or urge to do anything extra and you as a nurse yeah. yeah and it affects our numbers and no shit your numbers are, are poor and i know you've been trying to get them up but you know giving these nurses a higher workload and not being able, not giving them the ability to express themselves that's not going to help anybody and then you're stuck in this shitty unit of this vicious circle of poor numbers and high turnover is because your unit politics suck that's yeah. how it is like a lot of places what well, have you looked at the call list or have you signed <laughs> up for extra and you're like no, I ain't looking at that shit. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to be here one more minute than I have to, yeah. you know? I mean, unless, you know, because that will take its toll on you too. You try to start doing extra, extra and bonuses and then you start really frying yourself, you know? It's like, you're, you're, it takes a toll on your mental health, your physical health. It's just, uh, I'm like, I, I can barely even breathe when I'm here. You think I want to come in more? Right, the money's not worth it. The money's not, the money's not worth it. Maybe if they pay me like 10x, but getting like time and a half or two times is not even worth my time because I feel like like shed the, the rest of the week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you're recovering the, the few days you do have off, you're exhausted and you know, you feel whooped and it's just like, that's the other thing. The pay that they is, they're handing out to nurses hourly. I mean, I, unless, you know, I, I know travel nurses are making decent right now, but to be a staff nurse, um, it's just crap. For the amount of stuff you have to do, it's seriously, it's crap. Um, I uh, leaving at my job, I was um, I was a PRN nurse in the end for the last few years um, and working part time. And as a nurse, having twenty one years experience, I was only making twenty eight dollars an hour. That's it, twenty eight, and that's at being PRN where I have no benefits. So your pay should have actually exponentially gone up is is how it used to be um they have not adjusted anybody's rates as a prn nurse um in years um the only reason i took that small amount is because i didn't want somebody dictating my schedule um so i uh and i had the ability to do it because i ended up you know getting married to my, to my husband and i luckily was was blessed that i that i could do that um, but there's nurses that can't take a pay cut like that they, they they just can't and even at that they're busting their butt as a as a floor nurse working full time and their pay doesn't equate to what what they should be making i mean it's just it's crazy i mean it's not like we're i don't want to dog anyone else's job but i mean it, this is a, a highly thinking job it's people's lives i mean it's um it, you could kill somebody. I mean, we we're, we're not even being compensated for it. Like it's 
freaking crazy. It's just, it's just nuts. I, I, I don't know what's going to happen here with nursing, but I feel like um, something big. I mean, it's obviously getting worse because people, nurses are leaving. Um, but I, I just feel like this is going to take a big turn and something's going to have to be a big wake up call before it actually starts getting better, you know? Um, That's some innovation. Yeah. So, so after 21 years of nursing, uh, for maybe a new grad that's listening or for somebody that's in nursing school or just beginning of nursing, what are some advice or tips that you could give them that you wish you knew when you first started off? I get asked that a lot, actually. Um, that's a good question. I, I would say, first of all, um, I think as a new nurse, you're, you're very um, easily intimidated because um, you're the new one on the unit. You're not confident in your skills yet. Um, and you just kind of feel like you you have to toe the line. Um, but I would say, don't be afraid to to speak up. Don't be afraid to say like, hey, I'm not comfortable doing this yet um, on my own. Or no, I'm not ready to come off of orientation because I don't you know feel like I've quite got it yet. Like, um, or that whole like, you know, uh, sink or swim mentality. Like if, you know, oh, you're in a six month orientation. Oh, well, it's been three weeks and we're short staffed. Here you go. Fly, little bird, fly. Um, I think that nurses need to know that they can have a voice and they need to speak up and they they need to say, um, no, I'm not ready for this. I, I, I can't. And that's okay to say that um, because what, what it all comes down to in the end, it's your license on the line. Um, it's nobody else's. Um, and you have to take care of yourself, you know, even though uh, somebody claims they're going to have your back, if you screw up and you do something to a patient, um, it's you that's going to get in trouble, not the uh, charge nurse that claims you can ask her a question. No, you're the one that's ultimately going to be held responsible. Um, so just don't take anybody's shit is the first thing um, I would say, and be, be confident in yourself. And then secondly, I would say is, um, don't feel like if you do, because right now, like I, we've been talking about, bedside nursing is tough. If you go into it and you find like you're miserable and it's awful, there are other things you can do, at least um, during these uh, trying years that we're having right now. Um, you know, obviously the hospital's the best way you're going to gain, um, I would say, your core knowledge. But if you're feeling um, like you just, can't hack it or it's not right for you. It's not that you need to get out of nursing. It may just be that you need to get out of bedside nursing temporarily. Um, but there's um, insurance companies. You can call Cigna. A lot of times they have people making um, uh, wellness checkups, um, nurses. There's there's tons of other outside nursing type jobs that you can try to find, you know. Um, so I would just say hang in there and um, find somebody that's going to have your back because, um, or, or you have to have your own back because, uh, otherwise you're, you're going to get, uh, eaten alive. I know that sounds horrible, but that's the best way I can describe it. It's the yeah. truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what made you kind of just, <clears throat> I could say finally, uh, leave bedside and turn to, um, like doing more of social media stuff. That was um, what you're doing now. Well, okay. I, what finalized it, it's not like there was some, uh, big, uh, something that happened at work or something. No. Um, I mean, I will say, you know, during um, COVID and all that, you know, um, there was less patients coming in for outpatient testing because they were trying to minimize, you know what I'm saying? Like um, maybe they could do it at the doctor's office or something. So um, my census had gone down quite a bit. So it was um, 
I would go in and my job was a 45 minute drive. So it was getting to the point that I would go in and if there wasn't um, enough for me to do, um, they would turn around and send me back home right away. So it just, it wasn't making sense anymore financially. It's like, why am I driving 45 minutes to work two hours and then get sent home? Do you see what I'm saying? Or the other option was get floated to a unit that I've never worked and I would feel uncomfortable in um, because I, I mean, I've been doing outpatient testing <laughs> For several years now and then you're going to float me to some uh icu floor or something and um, so it just didn't make sense anymore and i um like i was saying luckily monetarily was getting to the point with social media that i it was taking off so it just um it was just good timing for me and um i just decided that i had it had been a long time coming it just i wanted yeah. to be able to be more free and be more um vocal i guess um and kind of talk about nursing like real deal like what what's really going on and not feel um intimidated anymore not feel like uh, i had to hold back so and I, and i like to be able i like people to be able to message me on facebook and um write me something horrible that's happening to them and then i can share it anonymously for these people you see what i'm saying like it's almost like i've become like this um liaison between i can't post this on social media but I, you know, I here I have somebody that um, can post this and then I can see what other nurses think about this. Like, you know, uh, they'll they'll go through their whole scenario and, and you're reading this like, good God, that's awful. But it's like, how can they post that and find out if other people are going through this? Because they'll get in trouble. They'll get in trouble. So it's like I, I've in some aspects become like this middle person and I'm glad to do it because I, I don't have um, somebody that's going to uh yell at me i don't have some administration down my throat so um it kind of puts me in a um a pretty cool position i'd say you know yeah you're like a voice for nurses it's one of those things like i could see you yeah. as like always wanting to to voice to voice your opinion and give nursing the chance to voice the nursing opinion i feel like this is like perfect for you to now do it because technically you're not obligated to any management any hospitals you don't have anybody that you have to think about, hey, how are they going to feel about it? What are they going to do if I post this? Yeah, you're like the liaison for, for nurses that you can you can post like the, the truth, like almost yeah. like the insider of it. Yeah, basically. I, mean, I, I know you guys may have seen my TikToks and that's where mm -hmm. I do short, funny videos, but um, my Facebook page is my biggest following. And that's where um, that's where I share a lot of these anonymous posts. I mean, obviously, I share my TikToks and I share memes and stuff like that. But but a lot of it sometimes will be, you know, some serious stuff, too. Um, you know, or I'll go live sometimes and just talk to these nurses on, on online, like real deal stuff of the stuff that I'm hearing, you know, um, or just read letters out loud from nurses anonymously. Um, and it's like people see themselves in what these other people are saying and they feel like they're not alone. You know, they feel like it's not just me that's going through this, like everybody is, you know, um, and it's, it's just, it's crazy. But, um, so going back to your question, all of that combined led me to, it was just the right time to uh, leave bedside nursing and kind of jump into this um, 100% versus 80%, if that mm -hmm. makes sense, you know, um, instead of like having to make safe video jokes, like about 
I, you know, just silly stuff about like, oh, your nurse's knees hurt or, you know, something. Uh, I can, I can make fun of administration of that. <laughs> yes. That is the most freeing thing. Look at the smile on my face. For 20 anytime, years. <laughs> anytime I do, I'm making fun of administration. I, I, I have some good ones where I, I'm like the nurse manager that's going to your funeral, you know, Christine, the nurse manager, and, and she's trying to wake up your corpse, you know, like she's doing CPR on your ass to get you back into work. Like this is inconvenient. Like seriously, you know, you need to come on back. But I mean, anybody else would be scared to do something like that because they would, they would not find that funny <laughs> at their job, even though it is. Right. Right. Yeah. What is what is the future for you? What are your goals as far as maybe social media or as your personal brand as Jessica sites? Um, I would say my goal is more um, I've started doing uh, public speaking like for um, some and I'm going to say public speaking, but comedy type skits for um, I did one for Michigan Nurses Association recently um, doing more things that are live. Um, I would love, uh, you know, some bigger uh, nursing names do like comedy things and go on tour. I would love to. I would love to eventually do that. Um, but I just uh, kind of just want to be there for other nurses and um, be able to, like I was saying, not toe the line and just kind of grow, um, you know, a brand. A lot of people ask me, well, like, well, what are you selling? And I'm like, I'm not selling any, I, I'm, I guess I'm selling my videos, like, but a lot of people will try to get you in like with their videos, but then they're trying to sell you a course. Does that make sense? Or, um, they're trying to sell you like, I mean, I've had people tell me, they're like, you should like show people how to grow on social media. Like that's your, your niche. That's your thing. And I'm like, I just want to make people laugh and get paid for the videos I post. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> and that's what I'm doing right now. And I, and I love it. I mean, I sit here and I, I crack myself up in this room by myself. Sometimes I'll film a TikTok and I'm literally laughing at myself. I'm like, if people are looking at me, they think I'm nuts right now. Like, but I mean, to get to get paid to do that is um, that's pretty freaking cool. I'm like, I I just I, I just want to keep on doing it as much as people as long as they like it, I'll keep doing it. You know, whatever comes to the day that they're like, you're asking funny no more. You're old. Hang it up. Then I won't, then I'll stop and I won't do it. But in the meantime show goes yeah. on yeah that's so funny because because you are given a nurse to you have you are given a voice to your nurses and you are empowering them because i can because reflecting back on my like nursing career there's been so many times where i wanted to like share something with, with somebody or tell somebody about something to get their opinion except i don't want to do it because like hey they're my coworkers that work with me they're 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 tight with management i don't really want to bring up any problems because hey they're best friends with the manager if i complain about some shit, guess what you know they're gonna they're gonna know and then i'm the bad guy and, I, and I'm glad you offer that that space, you know, on, on your show, on your videos, where nurses can can anonymously go and share this information with you, and you share with everybody else, because they're not the only ones that are experiencing this. There's a lot of nurses that are experiencing these management issues, these burnout issues, uh, where they're getting food instead of proper ratios, and management just kind of tucks things under under the rug, and then, you know, they tuck it under the rug, and they're still blaming blaming nurses. So there's a lot of us. And we're all unique, but we're still lacking that voice. So the more people that we have out there like you that are willing to take that initiative and be the voice for us, it makes nursing a lot, a lot easier and a lot better to go into. 
Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm trying. There's, um, there's a lot of great um, organizations of people like the, I don't know if you've heard of the last pizza party, but um, they're, they're on TikTok, they're on Facebook, and I've started kind of combining with them a bit, but it's a group of, of nurses that, I mean, they're still nurses, but they're really into trying to get um, policy, like in law changes for nurses, like uh, appropriate staffing ratios and things like that. And these women are so brave and so knowledgeable. Um, and I'm trying to more on the 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 legal side of nursing and you know exactly um there's not there's not many unions here in florida like i'm, I'm just trying to kind of take in all of that too and learn so that i can help be more of a voice and empower people as to um i don't know like what states are better there's some states that are better than others that um you know i i think from what i'm understanding california recently has, had passed some safer patient um uh, ratios, um, nurse patient ratios. Um, so there's, there are some changes starting to occur. Um, so the more I learn about it, the more I feel like I can be a voice and also kind of help guide people a little bit, um, in the right way. But, um, if anybody, I mean, and that's, this is me just promoting the last pizza party because I, I think they're amazing. Um, if anybody is like, where do I get guidance on that kind of stuff? And um, they're constantly, they talk about, um, strikes and, um, unions and who, what hospitals are on strike right now and what's going on and um, what the ANA is saying. And it's just all kinds of stuff like that is, um, it's their, their, it's a, their very educational resource. So I'm trying to learn so that I'm not just the comedian, but I, I, I also kind of am trying to take in that um, yeah. background as well. So. Yeah, since we're shitting on management, I'm gonna shit on them one more time uh, before we go. I'm not sure Run if you knew, but there is one hospital in in Illinois that they are losing a lot of nurses to travel nursing. So uh, what they're saying is that um, they are not going to allow for them to be put on the resume. So they're not going to be able to like call, give a reference, give a reference. So they're not allowing them to find a new, new job because they want them to stay with that hospital. So they're saying that we're not going to be able to give you reference on your resume. So no one could call us for reference. So people that have been there for 10, 14, 15 years that only work there, technically they, no one wants to give them a reference so they can't go anywhere else to work. That's awful. Which is so messed up. Yeah, because they're losing these nurses to travel nursing. So that's that even legal? I, that's, what we're, that's what we're saying. Like, how is that legal? How can you not allow, you know, your as my, as my employer be my, my reference, which is totally messed up. And instead of trying to fix the problem, like, hey, maybe we should offer these nurses better ratios, higher pay, pay their their solution is we're going to trap them into this job, yep. which is so fun. Looking at the hospital's that best interest. Mm. That is, it, that's disgusting. Yeah, I, you don't I, think I, health I, is I, a business? I'm tempted business. to pass that along to somebody that I know with Last Pizza Party and see if they've heard about that. That's freaking. You should. That's, that's, that's awful. Yeah, it's uh, crazy. I, I, I'm curious to hear, um, her name is The Nurse Erica. Um, and she is like the one that's the, one of the biggest ones with the last pizza party. And she's so freaking smart. It's crazy. Um, she knows like all this stuff. She probably already knows about it, honestly, but um, very curious to mention it to her. Um, but that uh, I, I have no words for that. That's just messed up. I thought that that went hand in hand that you have to say this person was here and they were a good employee or not. Or I don't right. know. That, that's awful. Yeah, even 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 if it's like a threat, like even if it's not something that's like in, in paper, but if it's a threat, if you're threatening me with that, like what, like yeah, how right. how like monetary driven are you in this hospital if you're threatening me with something like that, where where I can't independently leave, like it's all it, like it's just it's just like wild. It, it's taking the human being out of 
nursing it yeah. for what it is. And that's bullying. Look- that's bullying is what it is. It's a scare tactic. And, you know, I, I wonder if they're just trying to call their bluff. I mean, I, I would say as one of those nurses, I'd be like, fuck off. I'm going to apply somewhere else anyways. And I'm going to tell these people my uh, um, employer is saying that they will not give me a reference. So, you know, maybe they'll uh, consider that. You see what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I, I just that doesn't make that's just so freaking stupid. It's so messed up. And, that, and that's what's interesting. Yeah. Oh, like, that's all I can say that's just so stupid. Yeah, right. Like you're, you're lost for words. You like don't even know what to say. And that's what's interesting about where uh, the future of nursing is going to be because the pandemic exposed everything. We know that hospitals have money. They're not paying us. Uh, you can't just satisfy us with food. I think that phase is already over after last year. So it's like... We all have heartburn from pizza. We're done. We're, it, we're, we're up to here with the tomato sauce. Like, seriously, it's... A, bleh, no, no more. We're, I mean... Can they at least cater something good? Like like Charlie's Steakhouse or something? Like, I mean, do I have pizza? Right, every time. Great. Yeah. And it gets cold by the time you get a night shift anyways, you know? Night shift gets crumbs. <laughs> night shift gets some crust, some leftover crust or something. Or the pizza everybody sneezed on all day. I don't... Or night shift. <laughs> Seriously, they always, they always get the leftovers. I feel bad for them. So funny. Jessica, where can people find you? Um, anywhere, everything is Nurse Jessica's site. So S I T E S, um, TikTok, um, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. Um, if if you are looking for that connection with a lot more of these anonymous posts, that would be my Facebook business page, Nurse Jessica Sites. Um, but I, I do share. Um, I would love for everybody to follow me everywhere. That'd be great. Um, but I do share a lot of these um, my TikToks on these other uh, sites as well. So you know, a lot of times I'll upload them um, to my Facebook page or um, because everybody's doing short videos now, like every site is, is, you know, trying to get people to do like what TikTok is doing. So um, even YouTube, sometimes I've got some of my TikToks on there too. So, but anywhere would be great. Um, But like I was saying, my biggest following is Facebook, um, but I'm trying to grow everywhere. So um, yep. All Nurse Jessica sites. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jessica. It's been a blast. Thank you. You guys rock. Um, It was a lot of fun.